0: Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome to another episode on the Beyond the Glam podcast. I am your host, Natalie, and Today's podcast guest is someone who I admire very much, and she's a fellow journalist. I had the pleasure to talk to Isa Gutierrez, who is a correspondent at NBC News Now, and like I said, I just admire her work very, very much, and I just really enjoyed my conversation with her because... We were able to briefly talk about something that I've been very vocal about on my YouTube channel and I would say in the past 2 years I've been very vocal about this and that is to not dim your light and not and to just really be proud of who you are as a person and if you are looking to get into a career like journalism just like who you are as a person your experiences your background all of that is only going to help you when it comes to pitching story ideas and that is what makes you special. You can pitch story ideas that nobody else in the newsroom can only because of who you are as a person. So it's time to really be proud of who you are and just own it. Go into that newsroom and take every single experience, everything that you have been through in your life and pitch those story ideas. No one will know the community like you do just based on your experience. So I was really glad that we were able to touch on this because I, this is just something that I get very, very passionate about and I'm glad that we were able to touch on that. But like many journalists, Issa has been covering the pandemic, but one of the pieces that I enjoyed from Issa is one that she did on the unemployment and struggles of domestic workers in New York city. And, uh, it was reported that 80% of domestic workers lost their jobs during the pandemic. So that's people that work in household maintenance or cooking, laundry, child care, and just so many other jobs like that. And that just really puts it into perspective when you read stories like this. and it's people like ISA who are bringing these stories to the forefront because of her background, her experiences and just what she feels that is important for the community to know. And in this piece she highlights that women of color and undocumented were hit especially the hardest with this pandemic in New York. And that's just one of the stories that she has covered during the pandemic and in her community But I could just go, and I could just go on and on about the stories that she has covered, not just during the pandemic, but just her stories. You can tell that she pours her heart and soul into these stories. So that's why I really, really admire her work because I can just see how much work she puts into these stories and how thought out they are when I see them but I I really really admire her work as you guys can tell I'm just <laughs> blabbering right now but I'll let her tell you more about her work and her journey and how she got to NBC News Now as a correspondent and her journey just to get there. Um, I think she tells it best. But I just really hope that you guys enjoy my conversation with her. And when you guys are done listening to this podcast episode, make sure to leave a review. Leave lots of nice words for Issa in the review section. But with that being said, I'll just let you guys listen to Issa's story. Thank you so much for joining me today on today's episode, Isa, I'm really, really excited to get to talk to you and just learn a little bit more about you. And I'm so excited for everybody to hear your story.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to do this. So my name is Isa Gutierrez and um, I live in New York City. I'm in my apartment in Queens right now. I am a reporter, journalist for NBC News at NBC News Now, um, which is NBC's streaming news channel. And yeah, I am just so excited to chat with you about everything, um, yeah.
0: I yeah I really, really love your work and I've just been seeing you pop everywhere like on Twitter so your stories have been making the rounds over like on social media, but. um, I wanted to bring you on, because I think you have a really like exciting and interesting story and so you're working at NBC news now, which is um like a little bit more um not not as traditional i've seen your stories and i feel like that's what sets them apart is that they're different from the traditional stories that we see um on in local news and they're they're very well edited but uh, we're gonna get more into that but we're gonna start from the beginning so where did you go to school and yeah let us know
1: yeah so i went to northwestern university in evanston illinois it's like 25 minutes north of the city of Chicago. And I specifically applied to the Medill School of Journalism, which is the journalism school there. And so I, um, you know, freshman year, I started off with journalism courses right from the get-go. And I was also able to take classes outside of the journalism school. It's actually required, even if you're in the journalism school to take all sorts of courses. So it's like a liberal arts experience, but you do get the kind of like pre-professional learning that a journalism program specifically can give you as well. Not only that, it's part of your graduation requirements. To take all sorts of classes. And I think that it makes a lot of sense because when you're a journalist, you know, even if you're great at like filming, using cameras, or speaking um, on radio or TV, you know, you also need to be able to learn about different topics, research different topics. And you need a little bit of knowledge about everything. So it makes sense that, um, you know, a lot of journalism schools require you to kind of go out of the journalism program and dabble in other areas. And for me, that was really great. And it led me to actually study subjects that I didn't know I would have a passion for. So for example, like my first year of college, I took a Latino studies course and it was my first time like really being in you know quote-unquote ethnic studies and I just like fell in love with it so I ended up minoring in Latino Latina studies as well at Northwestern and if it hadn't been you know for a journalism program that like pushed me to go out of just journalism and that pre-professional track I would have never had that experience and it's something that has enriched my career um, post-grad so that was a really great thing for me.
0: Yeah and I see that you cover a lot of Latino stories you think that really helped you push you in that direction as well.
1: I mean I have a strong passion for Latino stories and for, you know, breaking this idea that all Latino communities across the country are the same, that all immigrant communities are the same or care about the same, same things when it comes to politics, when it comes to their families, and that's something that's really driven the way that I pitch in my job, you know, pitching is such a big part of being a journalist and that essentially is, you know, as you know, like bringing story ideas to your higher-ups and my passion for those stories has really um yeah really just inspired the different pitches that i've brought forward throughout my career that have led to some amazing stories and series that i've worked on throughout the last several years
0: yeah that's kind of like similar to what happened to me i started at in in sociology though and then i ended up going into the journalism program but i do feel like that sociology major really helped me just it just really opened my eyes to what was happening in my community in terms of like the nonprofits because the sociology major really focused on that. Um, So I do think like having a minor or just something where it allows you to explore other options is really helpful when it comes to journalism because you're essentially out there with with the community at the end of the day and telling their stories. Um, But when you were in college, like what were some of the internships that
1: you had? yeah so my very first internship in journalism was at univision in seattle so i went to high school in seattle and that's where my family live when i lived when i started college so i did a local internship at a local spanish station and it was great like it was really my first taste of journalism because i had not done any journalism before college um so yeah it was awesome i think that that was one of those instances where i really realized like wow my culture and, like, my language that I speak at home, like, is something that is really going to allow me to have opportunities that I might not have otherwise, you know? I, again, got that internship with very little experience, and it's not to say that, like, every internship will take you with no experience, but I do think that it was, like, right place, right time. And the fact that like I could speak Spanish and that I knew the community that like did allow me to have that opportunity. So that was my first experience. And then after that, once I went to college, I started like branching out. I knew that I wanted to do broadcast. I knew that I wanted to do television, but I really pushed myself to try and do different internships. And like, you know, as a lot of young journalists may know, like it is competitive to get TV internships specifically. So I did all sorts of different internships. Like I worked for a small magazine in Chicago called Today's Chicago Woman and wrote like articles about shapewear and <laughs> things like that, which I truly do not have a lot of interest in, but it was a great experience. Um, and then I I worked for GeekWire as an intern, which is like a small tech digital platform also in Seattle. Again, like tech was not something that I was like super passionate passionate about, but I was able to lock in this great internship and do something different. So I took it. Um, they ended up actually having a podcast and I was able to appear on it. So it ended up being a little bit of a broadcast experience in the end. Um, so I kind of started with that. And then at the end of my second year of undergrad, that's when I got into the NBC bubble. And I haven't really come out of it since, <laughs> um, which is awesome. So that's when I got my um NAHJ fellowship, summer fellowship. So the National Association of Hispanic Journalists does a fellowship with NBC. Um, and I was super lucky to get into that program at the end of my sophomore year, like I said, and that was really like my first foot in the door at NBC. Um, So it was great. I worked at MSNBC and I did everything from like coffee runs, to research, to writing questions and that sort of thing. And after that, I was able to get my dream internship which was at the Today Show, the summer before my senior year, um, which was like the entire time I was there, I was like, oh my God, pinch me. Like, this is so cool. <laughs> like being with all these people I love watching. What were some um, of
0: the things that you did while you were there? That sounds really interesting.
1: Yeah, so it's funny, like, my, I would they, there they have a rotational program for the interns so like depending on the day you're doing different tasks but my favorite rotation position at that internship was the breakfast run because it was that you had to get up the earliest for it like i had to get up at like 3 for it i don't remember exactly what time i had to show up at 30 rock but my job was to go to starbucks um in the 30 you know rockefeller plaza uh, basically, like basement underground, as soon as they opened, and get coffee and breakfast sandwiches for everyone, including Savannah Guthrie and Natalie Morales. So I knew their sandwich breakfast orders and their <laughs> coffee orders, and I would bring them to them in the makeup room, like while they were getting makeup and hair done. And that was my favorite because they were so nice. It gave me like wh- brief one on one time with them. And yeah, it was like such a basic task, but really gave me a look at what you know what the life of a journalist is was like at that level which was my dream
0: was there any advice that they gave you when you were doing those runs like something that just really stuck with you throughout the years
1: well i do remember um the interns had a sit down session with savannah guthrie and she told us to you know stay true to ourselves and that's something that really you know that i have brought along with me. And that advice was really great. Natalie Morales, I remember I helped her clean out her office before she um, actually transferred to Los Angeles. And more than just advice, like her humble attitude and kindness, um, even though it wasn't like, you know, words of advice that just like really stuck with me. She was so appreciative that like, we helped like pack up her Emmys and I was like, (laughs) one, this is so cool. Uh, Two, I would do anything for you. Three, like, wow, you are so grateful to us for doing this. Like, I hope that if I get to your level one day, I will also be as like kind and humble and grounded as, as you.
0: Yeah, that's really cool, and get to touch an Emmy. <laughs> I've only yeah. seen them in pictures, and like <laughs> that was
1: my first time seeing one um in in person, and I was I was starstruck by the Emmy. By the Emmy, <laughs> that's yeah. really
0: funny. Um, but you said that you've been in the NBC bubble. So when did you officially get your first job like outside of college?
1: Yeah, so my first job outside of school was. A news associate role at NBC at the network. So that was a production role. It's a production program um, a great program that brings in, you know, a handful of people every year uh, in September and It's also a rotational program throughout the year. So you basically are based at different shows, whether it's the Today Show or Dateline or, you know, the News Desk, um, different places around the network. And you get to kind of learn what the news operation is like uh, at 30 Rock and at the network. And so it's really cool. I was really excited to be there. Um, It was, you know, how do I put this? Like, I was really happy to be in New York. And to be completely honest, being in New York was my priority after leaving school, which was really going against what a lot of my sort of mentors um, and professors, honestly, were telling me to do a lot, you know, in journalism school, a lot of times you hear to, you know, that you have to stick to kind of like that traditional path of Going to a small town or going into local and being on air and getting that like on air experience if you ever want to be on air um, down the line and that path is great too but i knew that in that moment like when i was a senior in college i really wanted to be in new york my family had moved here from seattle um they were here now and i missed them I'm very close to my family i wanted to be close to them again and i had fallen in love with the city during my internship so i was like you know what i'm gonna put this on air thing on hold And I'm just going to focus on being in the city that I want to be in, being at the company that I want to be at, in the building I want to be at, because 30 Rock is magical, (laughs) um, and go from there. And it was a great decision for me uh, to do that through the News Associates program.
0: Yeah, sometimes like following your heart just really pays off and I and it really paid off for you. Um, So while you were doing that news associate program, um, then you transitioned over to a reporting role or how how did that happen?
1: Yeah, so I was in the program for um, for a few months. I actually ended up leaving the program early because I was hired as an associate and as assistant producer at. Dateline, which is, um, you know, the long form true crime show that has been on NBC forever and ever. Um, So there I was still an assistant producer doing behind the scenes for a while, um, for about a year. And then I just had kind of a lot of deep um, introspective moments where I sort of asked myself, I mean, I was honestly so happy at Dateline, but I knew that if I wanted to be on camera, like I had to get back and work that muscle. So I started, you know, speaking to my mentors, like talking to the connections that I had made over the year and a half that I'd been at the company working full time and kind of was like, what can I do? Like, what is the best thing for me to do? Should I look for something that's digital and here in New York, or should I go to a local station? And. Eventually, I was lucky enough to get the opportunity to go to one of NBC's own stations in Connecticut, um, which is NBC, Connecticut. That's where I ended up in Hartford, um, the capital of the state. And it was amazing. I, um, you know, packed up all my things in New York City and went, um, you know, went up north. And It was a trial by fire because I had not been on air since college, you know, at my college station, basically. And there was one Sunday where at NBC Connecticut, there was a big snowstorm and the producers were like, no one else, you know, wants to get up (laughs) at 2 a.m. and do this and be out in the snow all day. Do you want to do it? And I went live like 15 times that day and got all my nerves out and yeah the rest at that point
0: you can't even be nervous you just have to get the work
1: done (laughs) exactly so um so yeah that's kind of how i just why i decided to make the transition and how i did end up going back to local
0: yeah and so then when you were so then when you were at local uh where were some of the things that you well you said you worked that muscle on for being on camera, but how did you make your way back to uh, New York City? Um, Did you stay in contact with people um, and how did you make that transition?
1: Yeah, so really throughout my career, I have tried to stay in contact with everyone. And that is really something like a piece of advice that I tried to give to people I'm a big thank you card person. <laughs> um, like anytime I had an internship or I've had a job, I've always written thank you cards for every single person on the team because you never know what positions anyone, you know, is going to be on um, in the future. So I stayed in contact with everyone I knew in New York and and every other place I'd worked at, honestly. And after a year in Connecticut, I, um, you know, decided okay, like I, I really would like to go back to New York. My uh, time in Connecticut was just supposed to be a year, and I spoke to the person who was my boss at the time, and I just kind of said, hey, you know, I would love to be back in New York. That's my priority once again, and second of all, I would like to be doing something that's a little bit more digital and you know a little more exciting for like a young journalist like me and not that NBC Connecticut wasn't it was awesome and I loved what I did there but I wanted to do something a little newer and fresher and so that's how I ended up getting the opportunity to go to NBC LX um and be based out of here in New York and that's a brand new um channel or network rather from NBC that's for millennials and Gen Z that's actually anchored out of Dallas. So I did that for a year based out of here, did some amazing stories that I was very passionate about and that I loved. And then after a year there, um, I had the opportunity to come back to the network that I started at and, um, and be on air now with NBC News Now. And yeah, that's kind of how so it happened. When you were
0: at NBC LX. Um, yeah, that's something very, very different, and um, something that I feel like a lot of the younger journalists can look into, especially as. Uh, the digital platforms continue to grow. I feel like there's a higher demand right now, um, but how can they look for these positions or do you kind of have to be already in the door to land these like entry level or not so entry level, but uh, something within the digital department at NBCLX?
1: I would say two things on that. First of all, like making sure you're following every new thing that media companies put out. Is huge like I make sure that on my social media i'm following everything you know the smallest little venture that any media company is doing i'm following them and if it's something that i'm excited about like I will reach out and be like hey what kinds of stories are you doing you know how does your workflow process work like who can i talk to to learn more about this um so that's number 1 like really stay informed on what new things are popping up because those opportunities are going to be the ones that might take someone who's younger and see that as an asset um so yeah that's that's the first thing i would say the second thing i would say is that No, I don't believe you always need to know some someone again like it's important to stay in contact with everyone you meet and everyone who helps you along the way. But more importantly, especially when you're at a college level, I think what matters is getting those internship experiences and that goes back to what I said about like it does not have to be the today show internship Mm -hmm. like. I didn't get that one until years, you know, after years of doing other internships.
0: And that's so, because you already had like so much experience, like you said, at Univision and just the the tech company. And so like, it really set you up to be in a great position to intern there. So it's like that saying, like when preparation meets opportunity, you're, totally. you're in the door.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And no, like, kind of what I told myself too, before getting those opportunities that I was really excited about, like, was no task is like below you, you know, like, I mean, well, obviously, that doesn't count for like everything. There are (laughs) some things that like, where you should draw a line, obviously. But for the most part, like, you know, in work experiences, like, for example, like getting coffee and a breakfast sandwich, or printing scripts, like, when you're starting out, like, we all do it. And like, that is, part of it. And honestly, like I challenged myself to try and see it as this is all part of the process. Like every little thing that I do here plays an important role in putting on a newscast or putting on, or, you know, publishing a magazine or whatever it is like, feel, you know, excited and empowered about the small, you know, things that you're bringing to the table, because without you, even if those tasks like do feel small, like without those small tasks, like the big show can't go on, you know?
0: right yeah yeah totally and there's a lot of positions and a lot of people that that put on the newscast all of these digital stories so there's there's a lot of room for for growth and I feel like as they continue to emerge like we see um like for example like I've seen recently a lot of digital shows just on Instagram and I think that's really really cool so maybe like pitching that to a local news or station or wherever it is that you're working at so I yeah I think it's also about like putting yourself out there and just pitching things that you think would perform really really good so what were some of the stories that you were able to work on that you just really remember and like touched your heart while you were at LX.
1: While I was at LX, I think the project that impacted me the most and that I loved the most was a series that I did with my very good friend Fernando Hurtado um, about the quote-unquote Latino vote. <laughs> um, so we did this series called The Youngest Block and it was all about like these character-driven stories around the country, um, really focusing in on families, on you know small communities that you usually don't see on the big news shows and talking about what these you know, communities cared about, like what they were thinking about leading up to specifically this presidential election that we had this year and I just loved working on that because, I mean, as I mentioned, like, I'm, you know, really passionate about telling our stories, um, you know, stories from our communities, but also because it was a chance to, like, break down this idea that all Latinos think the same or care the same or that they're all um, pro or anti-XYZ, you know? Um, so, yeah, that was that was what I was really excited about. It ended up being... Um, six episodes. We traveled, you know, around the country to film the stories and got to talk to all sorts of, um, Latinos with all sorts of different perspectives. Um, and it was really cool.
0: Was this something that you pitched or kind of collaboratively?
1: No, yeah, it was something that, um, My friend and I pitched so we had a conversation one day I think it was in like June, where I was already working on one sort of political Latino story about um, a woman in New Mexico, who was really trying to turn the state red, Republican and while I was thinking about it, I was like, wow, like, this is a really interesting, compelling story. I feel like we could do a lot more stories like this, um, around the country. And so my friend Fernando and I like, you know, started talking about it and we were like, we have so many ideas. Like we just need to put these on paper and bring them to our boss. And that's exactly what we did. We basically like, you know, on our own time outside of work, like made a little, you know, presentation and pitched it to our higher ups. And we were like, here are the different stories we want to do around the country. Like, here's why there's an audience for this and why we need to be telling these stories. And here's how it fits into our election coverage leading up to November of 2020. And they loved it. They were super impressed and excited about it. And um, yeah, it gave us the resources to do it, which was the biggest blessing. I'm
0: glad that you're, you're, your boss was like really excited to work on this project. Um, But what if you feel like you have like a project that you really, really want to work on or a story and there's a little bit of a pushback, like how would you go about it, about that and kind of show your manager or your boss that, hey, like this would be a really, really good story. Like I I would really like to do it. And, but there's still like that little pushback. How would you go about that?
1: That's like (laughs) such a good question. And honestly, I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> um, and I think that it's a learning process for sure. I will say like, I have had, you know, ideas like the idea for this series of the youngest block that have been greenlit as we say in the industry, but I have also had A lot of ideas that have been rejected. And that's hard. You know, sometimes like you have things that you're super passionate about that you know is going to matter to people and you know is going to speak to your generation or to your community. And sometimes your higher ups like just don't get it for whatever reason or uh, they don't think it's a fit for the show that you're working on. And that's tough. I will say, like nine times out of 10, especially working in like a breaking news environment, nine times out of 10, like you know, your higher ups already know what they want you to work on. And so you're not going to always get to do these things that like really get you going. But that one time out of 10 (laughs) that you do get to do something you love and that you pitch something and they were excited about it and gave you the go ahead makes all of it worth it. So I'd be lying if I said like, oh yeah, my whole career has been, you know, these stories that I've been super excited and passionate about. Like, that's not true. You know, especially working in local, a lot of what you do is like sort of the everyday, you know, snow and potholes. Well, snow, if you're in Connecticut, Right. There, you know.
0: <laughs> we, we so have whatever. sun over here in California. <laughs> yeah,
1: I guess like maybe for you guys, it would be like heat advisory. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> you know, But you have to do those, you know, the fires, like all of these stories, all of them matter and all of them are important, but there isn't always like the room to do these like bigger, meaningful stories that you really want to do. And again, like, I think all the stories are important, you know, trying to cover all of them as if you're super passionate about um, them, even if you're not, you know, is important, I think. And that's kind of what I try to do. Um, But yeah, like, I I would say like, if you feel discouraged by your ideas not being picked up by your higher-ups, just keep pitching. Like, you know, it takes, again, like nine times out of 10, they're going to say no, but that one time out of 10, they're going to say yes, and it's going to make all of the other work worth it.
0: Yeah, and I think they they are going to appreciate, I think, at the end of the day, that you take on the initiative to keep pushing and putting your ideas out there because that's what we have to do as journalists especially at the beginning like you really have to uh advocate for yourself and just put all the ideas that you can out there and see like what what really catches on right now do you have somebody that goes out with you um to shoot your stories or are you pretty much doing everything yourself
1: so at my job right now which I started just a month ago, actually a month and two days ago, I started my new job here. I, I have someone to go out with me, um, which is a luxury that I did not have in my, you know, in my last job, which I love shooting and I love editing. So um, part of me misses it. The other part of me is happy about it because I, you know, get to work on, it means I get to work on more things at once. So yeah, no, but right now I get to work with a producer or an assistant producer, associate producer, and that's kind of the workflow. But when I was at LX, um, it wasn't that way. I you know, was shooting and editing all of my stories, which was an incredible experience for me to really, you know, feel comfortable again on editing software and to be mindful of audio and music and all of these other things. Because even now, even though right now I'm not shooting or editing for the most part, um, my experiences shooting and editing in my previous jobs, I think, make me have like a better eye and ear for what works in news stories.
0: Yeah, I agree. Because like, you think about like, okay, like, this is how I want this Edited or like these are the questions that I want to ask because it's going to evoke a certain emotion or or small things like well not small, but like things that are going to make the story. uh, A lot more interesting I see that your hard work has really paid off um, and I feel like everything has worked for you, but has there been a moment where you just felt like um, you needed some words of encouragement because i know especially right now during the pandemic i'm sure there's a lot of students or people that have recently graduated from college and they may be wanting to look for that next opportunity but they're feeling discouraged has there been ever been a moment where you felt like that
1: oh absolutely i mean this industry is very competitive and you could say it's cutthroat you know um especially, I mean, in all areas, but especially when you're on air and you're pursuing that, not only like our opportunities limited, but on top of that, you know, there are a lot of things that you have to think about, you know, how your hair looks, how your makeup looks, like what you wear and, and how you sound and all of these things that, that I would say like, that's really what has gotten to me at times, especially, um, when I was in college and, and, you know, just kind of in the workforce, uh, there were moments where I really questioned, like, is this something that I'm going to be able to sustain while still like feeling like the confident person that I am and, you know, also having like relationships and a life because that's the other thing, like this is something that does take up a lot of your life and working in news specifically is something where like you always have to kind of be on and like know what's going on, right? Like it's not very easy to unplug. So there were definitely moments where I was like, I don't know, like how sustainable this is for me, you know, but over time, like you start to learn tools, you know, that I can use when I am feeling maybe anxious or discouraged or when an opportunity isn't panning out the way that I hoped it would. And for me, like what that looks like is really trying to think about all of the things that I'm grateful for and that I'm lucky to have. Like for me, I think about the fact that I had the privilege to get an education Um, that I have a family that loves me and will support me no matter what. Um, and honestly, those are the two things that like, for me, I know for everyone, you know, finding two things that you can go back to and that will ground you are different. They're not going to be the same, you know, but for me, like, those are the two things that I try to just like, think about and meditate on when I'm feeling discouraged, um, or feeling like, yeah, like it's all just a lot. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's it's a learning uh curve also like while well, you're navigating your career and your family and just all of these like curveballs that life just pretty much throws you.
1: Can I just add one more thing? Yeah. Um I think that also I think that specifically being um you know, being Latina and being first generation has brought on some at times like insecurity for me in my career especially at the beginning um being told at times you know you should sound like this or maybe uh you know i remember like far before i was at, in my current role you know years ago someone saying to me like oh you know well there we can't do anything about your last name but like tensions are high with immigration and these things like maybe you don't mention you know that Uh, where your family's from, things like that, you know, or um, I guess what I'm trying to get at is that it's hard sometimes to feel like you can't bring your full self to your job or to your relationships or to whatever else. And I think that the sweet spot is when you find a place where those things about you like everything about you is valued and you can come forward with all of you without having to tone down or tweak um different parts of you that make you you and that honestly probably make you a better storyteller and a better journalist so that's something that i just really wanted to make sure to mention like you know again, back to like that advice that I got in one of my internships, you know, staying true to yourself and listening to all the advice people and feedback that people have to give you, but ultimately staying true to yourself and not letting, um, too much of that get to you, you know? If there's anything that I've learned with
0: my, my current role is that just Me being Latina is what's going to help me find those stories that nobody else in the newsroom is going to have because of my experiences and the community that I've been involved with my my entire life, and I know those stories more than anybody else in the community, so I totally agree with you. in in that regards because like your stories and your background is going to allow you to bring those stories that are going to connect with the community. And that's what we want the community to feel is that sense of authenticity at the end of the day from what we are watching on, on TV. And I feel like sometimes like I, I have different stories that would have never brought, been brought up because of where I come from. And um, I know like here in Fresno, California, there's a huge Latino and um, Asian population, but I feel like a lot of those stories sometimes don't get told enough. And especially with like the Hmong community, like I've seen like reporters being sent out. I'm like, if only I could go in there and just show like their like, I'm not Hmong, but like I do have a lot of friends that are. And so I'm like, if only I could just show a little bit more because of what I heard from my friends and like I've been to these events with them. And yeah, I think your your background and like who you are and who you surround with yourself with is only going to add to the value that you bring as a journalist at the end of the day.
1: yeah, it's it's I think it's an, a really exciting time in journalism right now because I do think that newsrooms, are craving that like they want to have diverse voices on their staff because they're learning that that's how you get those stories right that otherwise wouldn't be brought to the table that's how you get you know a great interview versus just an okay interview because you have someone in the field who can speak to a community um from a more personal level right and connect on a more deep level so yeah I think it's important that um that there's more representation, that there are more of us in newsrooms, and the stories that you bring aren't going to be the same stories that I bring, right? Even though we're both Latina on paper, Mm -hmm. like we both have very different experiences, and you're going to bring something special, I'm going to bring something special, and together it's just going to create a better, I think, ultimately news product and better stories.
0: Yeah, and we're also from different states, so like all of these different things are going to impact the way that bring the stories that we bring into the newsroom. So I'm really, really glad that you brought that up. And it's like a very important point and thing to highlight, especially as um, we're trying to get more Latinos in the newsrooms um, so they can tell the stories that need to be told on an everyday basis. So thanks for bringing that up. But for anybody that is looking to, you already mentioned a little bit of this, but for any student that is looking to get into journalism, what kind of advice would you give them in terms of like organizations that they should join or things that they can do to stand out um, right now?
1: For me, the National Association of Hispanic Journalists was huge. Um, You know, I mentioned earlier that my first NBC internship was a fellowship through the organization. There are also just so many great resources, not just through like the physical conference every year, but right now they're having so many um, Zoom info sessions and courses that are helpful. So, you know, that is amazing. You know, there's also NAJ, NABJ. um, There are all of these organizations out there with resources like ready to help you and if that's something that you can invest in for yourself and for your career I would highly recommend that because it did wonder for me um yeah and actually something I didn't even mention is that my NBC Connecticut job I actually locked that down at the NEHJ convention in 2018 So like not only did, um, you know, the association give me my first fellowship, it also gave me a space to network and get some of my future um, opportunities. So that's definitely one thing I would do. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I I was gonna
0: say like, and this year, it was virtual. I'm not sure if you attended, but I, I attended and all of the job fair opportunities out there were, were all Uh, just through zoom or just like through different video platforms but I feel like it gave you that more like one-on-one personal time with that recruiter or with the hiring manager it felt more personal than being at the in-person conference I feel because like at the conference they're like just running through everybody there's a lot of noise and everybody can hear everything but I feel like with with how how it was done this year, it was a lot more personal and you were able to connect and have I feel like some of them even spent more time with you because it was just through video and you were able to make those personal connections.
1: Yeah, totally. I, another one too that I would mention is the pointer Institute. I know that they've like gone to um, NEHJ too, and to other conferences I've been at, um, but the pointer Institute has a great website with a lot of resources and a lot of their courses are free so they have courses on like you know how to report on COVID-19 um or like how to be a better digital reporter all sorts of things um so that's another thing that like is really a lot of times um free that I think you could really learn from that I've really learned from so, yeah, there are a lot of resources out there. Once um, you start can...
0: looking, all of them start coming up. But
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been exactly. a lot
0: I've been on that pointer website like so often and yeah, there's like so many cool things um, that you can find on there and just, develop your skills as a journalist we're getting down to the final question that i'm going to ask you Uh, so everybody that i have on this podcast i always ask them like who would they would like to have dinner or lunch with just to like learn a little bit more about them learn about the industry or just getting to know them a little bit better so who would that person be for you
1: well does it have to be someone who is in my industry
0: it doesn't have to be somebody (laughs)
1: Okay, well, first of all, I wish I could have a big dinner party with a bunch of people. But <laughs> if I only get one person, I honestly, this is gonna, I, this is gonna be funny, but I would pick Celine Dion. I, first of all, like I grew up with her music. But more importantly, she's like such a mega star. And somehow, her personality is like, so quirky and funny and fun. And she manages to maintain that and like, Is just kind of like unapologetically herself and I just love watching Celine Dion interviews and um, She was a guest on the today show when I was an intern there and I just remember like even backstage like she was just like her quirky unapologetic like funky self all the time and I loved it. I was just like wow like look at this big star who is just like herself, no matter what, like, and I think that's so cool. And I would really want to talk to her, even though we're in different industries, I would want to talk to her about just how she like has managed to just like be herself through it all. You know, she's had a super long career, so many eyes on her, like a global sensation. And yet like, she just kind of like does her own thing, you know? And, um, I love that about her and I would want to just talk to her about what that's been like.
0: Yeah, um, I I love people like that who are just very unapologetic and and they're not afraid to just be themselves at the end of the day, even when they have like so many eyes on them, and I I just love those people who just don't take themselves too seriously and just Totally. yeah, so I, I'm really, really glad that you brought her up because I, <laughs> I hadn't kept up with her in, in recent years. But I want to thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast today. And it was just a pleasure to get to know you and your story. And I, I'm sure a lot of people that listen to this podcast will really um, have a lot of insight on, on maybe like taking a path towards like the career, that similar career that you have right now.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And this has been super fun. And yeah, if I could just say one last thing is like, you know, everyone's path is different. So like, you don't have to take my path, like take your path. And if you follow your gut and follow your heart the whole time, it'll all work out.